You're listening to Movie Homework, brought to you by the Binge Media Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. I'm Jack, and I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host, Chad C. How you doing, buddy? Doing great. It's October. I'm drinking at Oktoberfest. I feel like we just did this, but you know what? It's weird. It's weird deja vu. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. We're here to talk about some Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm. I'm excited. We've, Absolutely. This has never been covered on Binge before, right? I don't think so at all, really. Just hinted and I, talked about it a little bit here and there. I don't remember a, a, a show dedicated to it, but, you know, I forget a lot of the shit that we've done 10 years ago, so I could mm. be wrong on that, but I, I don't think that it's ever been covered in any, like, meaningful way with with the show. So we figured this was a good opportunity to do it. Um, you know, last time we were talking The Exorcist in advance of The Exorcist Believer coming out, which, by all accounts, is a giant ball of shit, and, you know... Uh, I haven't seen it. I probably won't. So, uh, yeah. You're a better man for it. Yeah, exactly. But I'll definitely watch The Exorcist again. And, you know, if you didn't listen to our thoughts on that from last week, make sure you go and do that. Um, but yeah, today it's Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, man, I could, there's, I have a lot of history with this movie, but, uh, let's just Get the trailer out of the way first. Haven't you heard of peace on earth and goodwill toward men? Touchstone Pictures presents the enchanting story of two very special dreamers and the holiday spirit that brought them together. From the imagination of Tim Burton comes The Nightmare Before Christmas. And what did Santa bring you, honey? So, right off the hop, you know, I always try to pull some clips for this show, and that was the first thing that I pulled, and upon listening to that trailer, to me, that's only a small portion of that trailer, but it's so clear that Disney had no fucking idea what to do with this movie, because selling it as a romance? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah. Um, But... We can get into that a little bit later. Um, Chad, do you have some box office information for The Nightmare Before Christmas? I do indeed. So the main reason we picked this movie as well, because, you know, October, it's it's re-releasing in theaters this year for the 30-year anniversary. So this is, uh, now this movie has climbed up to $91.5 million uh, worldwide oh boy. since it released in 93. Uh, it originally, it actually opened, let me pull up the exact number here, uh, it opened October 29th, 1993, just in time for Halloween, at $8.2 million. Uh, the other top five of the box office at this time in October, the Beverly Hillbillies, <laughs> we have Demolition Man, Cool Runnings, and Rudy. Wow. Quite the, uh, quite the top five there. Yeah, with subsequent re-releases throughout the years and 3D, uh, yeah, it's climbed over to 91.5, and it's going to be jumping even more after this weekend. It goes back in, I think it's like 1,500 locations, if you're listening to this when we release. So, yeah, it's uh, back in for the 30 year, and yeah. Yeah, I want to say 10 or maybe 15 years ago, it was released in theaters as a 3D feature, 
I think I saw it then. I'm I'm pretty sure I did because I I'm one of those assholes who always took the glasses with me on the way out. And uh, oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure they gave us like lime green Nightmare Before Christmas 3D glasses for that one. So good there's nice. a box nice. somewhere, but um, but yeah, you know, going back to sort of remembering my first viewings of this movie way back, I, I remember having a VHS copy of it, um, mm-hmm. not really understanding like what kind of movie it was because it's a Disney movie, but and it's animated, but it's it's totally unlike any other animated Disney movie. I mean, time has been really kind to this movie, but for a while, I would say much like Star Wars when you and I were younger, it was not like a cool thing to like The Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember, God, this had to be around 2001, 2002. Um, there was a video game called Kingdom Hearts that came out. It was the first one. And it was a big fucking deal to my brothers and I that there was a Nightmare Before Christmas world in the game that you could go to and and play through. Mm -hmm. Um, And it feels like at that point, Disney maybe figured out that they had something that they could sort of milk the nostalgia on. And I feel like since then, I've been to Disney a couple of times and, you know, you see the merchandise everywhere. But now... It seems like Nightmare Before Christmas is much bigger than it ever was at release time. Um, do you remember your first time seeing this movie, or when you were first aware of it? Yeah, uh, you're, I mean, you're spot on. This movie is bigger than it's ever been, right? I mean, the merchandising alone just fucking—it's nuts. Everywhere you go, I mean, socks. I mean, it's just fucking everywhere. But yeah, um, the first time I saw this movie. It was actually at a friend's house, I believe. I was at like a sleepover. I was probably, I don't know, seven, eight years old or something. Uh, yeah, and, I, and I, we, it was around Halloween time, and that was like the appropriate title to put on. And we watched it late at night, and I think I really liked it then. And then just it, over the years, I've just watched it pretty much every year um, since. I, I usually do the – I think uh, – I think I'm trying to remember. I did a commentary with Pete back, but usually Halloween, my Halloween watches on the day of Halloween is usually this pretty early in the day, and then I'll do the original Halloween later at night. Those are like two staples I always watch on Halloween every year. Yeah. Because this is, we'll talk about it too, I'm sure. Is this a Halloween movie? Is this a Christmas movie? And it kind of, that's the last day of Halloween season, and then it kind of goes into the next Thanksgiving and whatever. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, I this is a, st- a staple uh, for each Halloween season, and I've got the fucking uh, Jack Skellington vans, even and shit. Nice. I, I'm, I, I've got some of the merch, <laughs> so I, oh, yeah. I fall in line with all of the uh, every hot topic. I think really blew this shit up, right? I mean, of course. And 15 years ago, every goth girl was wearing some type of Tim Burton Nightmare Before oh, yeah. Christmas hose or jackets or, yeah, so many different things. So, Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I remember there were a couple Christmases where my mom thought it would be a good idea to um, sort of buy me this this train over over the course of a couple of years. And the train, you know, it's like a, like a mechanical train put under your Christmas tree, but the idea behind this one was it was from, like, the Franklin Mint or something, but every car was a different collection of characters from The Nightmare Before Christmas that sat on top of it. Um, mm. And I I loved the idea of it. Now, I only ended up getting, I think, two or three of the cars before she kind of lost interest, and maybe I lost interest, too. Didn't end up getting another one for whatever reason. But 
um, I got rid of the train portion of it, but the cool thing was that the the characters were basically in clusters of like three or four, and they kind of sat in this like molded piece that sat on top of the the train cars. So I kept those action figures and had them on my desk for a while. Um, this was like fifteen years ago now. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, they were sitting at the top of my desk, sort of on, you know as like a display item, and. This was in the early days of, uh, you know, our, our, our friend Sawyer, my cat, being around. And uh, this was before we had him fixed. And unfortunately, as part of his rebellion against not being able to go outside, he was uh, juicing my L.L. Bean backpack and he fucking destroyed my Nightmare, and uh, Nightmare Before Christmas uh, action figures. So I... they got totally decimated. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's, he's still alive. You know, he's good. He's, uh, he's probably hanging out and he's killed enough things to, you know, repay the lost nostalgia. But the fact remains, uh, yeah, he destroyed my fucking toys, but whatever. Um, but yeah, so nightmare before Christmas, uh, at this point is, I think one of the most famous Halloween movies out there, but for anybody who hasn't seen it, quick recap, um, you have Jack Skellington, who is the king of Halloween. He's the Pumpkin King, and he lives in Halloween Town with all the other residents. And his job and the rest of the townspeople's job is to celebrate Halloween. And the day after Halloween, they start planning for next year's Halloween, and that's just the way it goes. And Jack becomes sort of like lethargic and bored with his life. He wanders off into the woods where he finds this sort of circle of doors, and each of the doors has a different holiday on it one's a christmas tree one's an easter egg one's a thanksgiving turkey he happens to go through the door with the christmas tree and finds christmas town and his eyes are open for the first time and he feels like oh this is what we should do we should put on christmas so the movie is all about jack trying to put on christmas with the residents of halloween town and finding the guy he knows as sandy claus to bring him in to help them with the celebration and that's kind of all the plot of this movie um, there's another character named Oogie Boogie who is, uh, he's sort of just like a chaos agent. I don't know how else to describe this fucking kid's movie, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. And, and the movie's just a, a whole lot of imagination and it is all coming from the, uh, from a poem and, uh, sort of concept, uh, made by Tim Burton, but directed by Henry Selleck. Um, now the big thing with this movie is, it was always billed as Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Henry Selleck was the director of this movie. In fact, when he talks about his experience on the movie, there, there's no malice between the guys from what I read. But Henry Selleck is pretty quick to point out that, like, look, it took us two years to make this movie with the stop-motion animation method we were using. Tim Burton was on set for, like, maybe five or ten days mm -hmm. out of that two years, and the rest of it was conceptual and story and... And all that stuff. So, and, and on the other side, Burton is very quick to correct people and make sure that they're aware that Henry Selleck is the person who directed the movie, not him. Um, so just an interesting kind of wrinkle in mm -hmm. the saga of this movie. Um, I know uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Burton films in a second, but um, are, are, were you into any of Henry Selleck's other movies? Uh, James and the Giant Peach was another staple I watched all the time growing up. I fucking Absolutely. loved that movie. Absolutely. Yeah, I loved... Uh, I mean, 
I'm, I'm a sucker for it. I think that's probably why I, I mean, I love Halloween's my favorite holiday. I, I mean, I fucking love the aesthetic of James and the giant peach, the same thing with this. So it's like in stop motion animation. I absolutely adore. I mean, I've loved like other walls and Gromit. And I mean, so much, so much of that stop motion animation. I've always just loved. So yeah, I mean that I Coraline, I like a lot. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I like a lot of Henry Selick's other work as well as this. So, and I mean, yeah. obviously they, they throw the, Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas because at, at the time of this release, Tim Burton was the hottest fucking director in the world. He was going off Beetlejuice and Batman '89, and he was too busy with Batman Returns and Ed Wood to direct this movie. But of course, you no one knows who the fuck Henry Selleck is in 1993, so yeah, you throw exactly. that name on there, and it, it's, it's like the Judd Apatow type thing, you know, Judd Apatow production during that whole run of those type of movies. Right. Um, there's one other important collaborator here too, and that's Danny Elfman. Um, mm, yep. so Elfman, obviously he sort of gets his start with Pee Wee's Big Adventure with Tim Burton. I mean, that, I think that was his first film score and, mm. you know, Elfman goes on to do a ton of work with Burton, ton of work with Disney. Um, you know, he worked with Sam Raimi on the Spider-Man movies. I mean, he's one of the most famous and successful, uh, film composers in the world. I mean, he absolutely is. And he's the singing voice of Jack Skellington as well, which is really awesome. Um, but this might be the right time for this clip here. So I, I actually have a clip of Danny Elfman talking about the release of the movie and uh, the sort of lackluster performance that, uh, that, it, that, that Disney was not quite expecting out of this movie. So let's give it a shot. Actually, it wasn't a hit at all. Um, it did one preview before it opened, and I think from that preview, Disney basically learned... There was no audience for this movie, and kids hated it. <laughs> and so uh, all merchandising was pulled, and uh, the marketing suddenly shifted from what was going to be towards a young audience to try to find an adult audience or almost sell it like it was wrong. They, they had no idea what to do with it. The, the preview was a disaster. Um, and I remember being in the elevator and the producer and some of the executives going, well, kids hate it. Oh, well, it was this kind of like sad feeling in the elevator. And I, I knew it was wrong, but there's nothing you can do. They put it in front of a bunch of kids that were expecting a Disney animation. And obviously, they were expecting something closer to you know, The Lion King or Little Mermaid. And they were getting Nightmare Before Christmas. And uh, it's not what they were expecting. And it wasn't finished, so there were still storyboards in there. And for kids, I think that's pretty hard. Pretty interesting that, uh, I don't know, I, I don't know how I would have marketed this movie if I was Disney, in all honesty. Um, especially coming off of the, some of the, the things he was talking about, Aladdin, Lion King, Toy Story hadn't hit yet, but, you know, I, yeah, I, I really don't know how, how to approach something like this, but... Well, this was even released under their Touchstone banner that they didn't even know either. So they were just like, oh, d d this isn't going to be our normal 2D Disney type animation. Touchstone is our more like, a, I don't know, like the, the adult version or the, sure. you know, the side company. It's not going to be rightly associated with Disney. So, But then, of course, now they've embraced the shit out of it. Like, oh, shit. Oh, there's so much money. I would love to see the merch. Like the like what the profit is per year on oh, nightmare dude. merch. It's got to be something. <laughs> we were we were out at uh, you know Spirit Halloween looking for Halloween costume stuff the other day, and mm -hmm. first of all, they're really starting to figure out uh, organ organizing those stores. Like first of all, they stand them up in what uh, I don't know a couple of days, and then 
all oh. of a sudden you have costumes, you have a wig section, you've got a makeup section, you've got masks, you've got uh, lawn ornaments, you've got even animatronics now is like a big part of these stores. It's oh, all, yeah. Lawn it's decorations. All cool shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have sections, right? So there's your... Uh, weirdly, there was like your your Top Gun Maverick section, right? And then your, there's your uh, there's like your Beetlejuice section where it's got all the Beetlejuice costumes. Sure enough, there's a Nightmare Before Christmas section. But moreover, as you walk through the store, they're now selling like wooden signs that you can put outside, posters, uh, mugs, T-shirts, hats, all this kind of stuff. And it's like the same company is making all of them. And as long as they have the license for the product that they're selling, they, they just make like the same hat, but with a with a Nightmare Before Christmas patch on it. The next one has like a dairy, you know, the clown from Derry, uh, uh-huh. Maine hat, and then like Haddonfield, Illinois. You know, it's it's very <laughs> like they're 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 the idea of them is cool, but they're so cookie cutter that they just come across as like cringe. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas is absolutely. It's got to be one of the more profitable movies uh, ever made in terms of the merchandise. Mm-hmm. But, so I'm just going to rewind it for a section, uh, uh, a moment here, rather. So Tim Burton, uh, when I was younger, before I knew anything about movies, I knew two directors. I knew Steven Spielberg and I knew Tim Burton. And Tim Burton I always knew, obviously, for Batman. But it seemed like he was a guy who had a style that was unlike anybody else. You know, you, you watch Edward Scissorhands, you know, you watch it now, and as somebody who's seen a lot of movies, you can see the influences and what he's going for there. But when you're a kid, and you haven't necessarily seen Frank, you know what Frankenstein is, but you haven't seen Frankenstein, all of a sudden, this is a completely unique new thing to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we sat down to record today, I asked you to maybe come up with a list of your top five Tim Burton movies. Um, didn't specify director on this uh, because I, I feel like, and maybe this is part of the discussion, I feel like Nightmare Before Christmas is a Tim Burton movie. He, he, like, I don't know how it's not, you know. Um, but what, what did you come up with for your top five here? Do you want to go like back and forth or just list them all at once? Um, so I have a list and mine is alphabetical uh, because okay. I don't know if I necessarily would rank one over another here. Okay. Um, but why don't we bounce back and forth? And if we have the same one, let's just call it out. Okay. Um, so I, I, I did go directing with my list here, which is whatever. Energy, yeah. th- like this is a Tim Burton movie. You're hundred percent right. The aesthetic, the poem, everything, but you know the what? original can, story only. I can do that as well. Well, let's just say like never before crystals, just we'll leave it outside the ranking for now. We'll just go direct. Okay. 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 All right. So my number five is Edward Scissorhands. Okay. Um, what was your number five? I have big fish. On my honorable mentions. Okay. okay. I've got Ed Wood as number four. Yep, I've got Ed Wood, uh, you know, in here it says number three, but, you know, again, it's okay. alphabetical, so who the fuck knows, okay. right? Okay, okay. So what's your four? Uh, four I had in here is Sleepy Hollow. Oh, okay. Also on my honorable mention list. All right. All right. Going through these, there, he reached a certain year that you're like, oh, that's the cutoff. Yep. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Uh, number three, Pee Wee's Big Adventure for me. Oh, very nice. Not on my list. 
Okay. Uh, yeah. It was hard for me to leave off Mars Attacks on this list. It's not on mine, but it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was up there. Okay, what about... So you said three was your Ed Wood, right? Uh, yeah, so my two is... <laughs> this is maybe going to surprise people. My two is actually Batman. Okay. That is also my number two. <laughs> Batman Excellent. 89. Yep. So I have a feeling number one's probably the same for us. Mm, Beetlejuice. Oh, yes. Yes. yes, absolutely. Yep, it's yeah. it, it was easy choice. I've I've seen that movie so many times; it's unreal. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I I put my list alphabetically here, but if I was ranking them, it's Beetlejuice, Batman, Big Fish, Ed Wood, Sleepy Hollow. But okay. if we're throwing Nightmare Before Christmas in there, I think Sleepy Hollow probably gets bumped. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Scissor Hands gets bumped for me for sure if we're throwing Nightmare in there. So. No. Yeah, it, it was. T- I, I went back and forth with Mars Attacks and Ed, Edward Scissorhands. I think I, I just have more history with Edward Scissorhands. But Ed Wood is the first uh, movie I ever got a physical disc from Netflix from. Actually, oh, wow. <laughs> so and I, I remember watching it and I watched it like three times and I sent it back. I was like, that movie was fucking awesome. It's a very talky movie, black and white aesthetic, all this shit. Tim Burton, but I mean, it's yeah. I I, I really really like that movie. It's very underrated. I feel like it doesn't get talked about enough, but. Yeah, Depp awesome. is fantastic in that movie. Like he's really good. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great flick. Um, the in fact, I think that's the movie. If I'm not mistaken, Martin Landau got Best Supporting Actor over Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction that year. Pretty that sure. Sounds right. Mm-hmm. Unless that I have that right, backwards, yeah. but I don't think I do. No, I think, I, I think you're right. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I don't think Samuel L. won for that. Yeah. Yeah. In any case, another another great 1994 movie, but. Um, but so yeah, where would I mean, okay? So all right. So as a Batman guy, sorry before we go on, where would Returns yeah. fall in there? I don't know. I don't know if I've ever talked to you about Returns. Where you feel like how you feel about that one? I I love Returns too. Um, yeah. I just didn't want to put two Batman movies in my top five. Sure, um, sure, sure. Returns is such a, a like it's such a Tim Burton movie more than any and more than even the first Batman movie is. I mean, it's a weird fucking movie for a lot mm-hmm. of reasons. Um, but yeah, it's like fucked up in these really satisfying and interesting ways. It's weird. It's like 45 minutes into that movie, I, I want to say, before you even see him as Batman. Or or maybe, uh, you know what, I could be wrong on that. I think it's more like you only see him for three or four minutes in the first hour of the movie in the Batsuit, which is like really okay. strange. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I I have a good time with Batman Returns. I, you know, it's yeah. it's fucking weird, but it's weird in like very satisfying ways to me. So. Oh yeah, such a good Devito performance too. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> but so uh, I think the cutoff. I mean, Sleepy Hollow I like. Planet of the Apes I do not oof. at all. And then Big Fish is right after. But then that's when you know the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I'm not yeah. a huge fan of that one. Corpse Bride I like, Sweeney Todd I like, but then Alice yeah. in Wonderland, Dark Shadows, yeah, yeah. It, it gets it gets a little rough. The most it, recent Dumbo did not did yeah. not like that either. Live it's, action. It's definitively uh, like Alice in Wonderland on is just for, not for me anymore. Yeah. So see, I don't I don't mind the Frank and Weenie uh, stop motion. It, I think that's decent, but it, it's kind of the same I think that released around the same time as like Paranorman as well and I like yeah. Paranorman a lot more than I like Frank and Weenie so yeah it's kind of got overshadowed but yeah um, yeah I mean I have I think I've said this before and it's been a long time since I've rewatched but Big Fish I I just relate to it I mean that's that is exactly my dad <laughs> it's it's not oh, even, yeah. it's not even close like the, the 
the embellishment of the story and not knowing where the truth ends and like the lie begins kind of thing. He's he's one of those kind of guys. Not that he's doing it on purpose, but he's a salesman, you know. Like he just he mm-hmm. talks a fair game. So yeah, I mean, there's I don't think there's ever been a movie that's nailed who my dad is more than Big Fish. But, uh, yeah, awesome. but yes, so I have, I have a lot of personal uh, stakes in that one. Mm-hmm. But, sure. But yeah, um, so yeah, so so for Burton, I mean, I associate this movie with him. I, in my head, always have to think, oh yeah, that's right, he didn't direct it. But it's just, it is a Tim Burton movie. It feels like a Tim Burton movie. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's tough. I don't know, it's a weird spot. Henry Selleck did a great job bringing t- Burton's vision to life. So much so that it's almost impossible to like understand where his direction is and where Burton's creativity starts or, or, or something like that. Um, but so many great scenes in this movie. Um, first off, we didn't mention it before, but obviously this is a musical. Um, these songs, I have to say, of the, what, ten songs in the movie... I think eight of them are phenomenal. Like I absolutely yeah. love this soundtrack mm-hmm. and same. E- yep. Yeah. Even when it's not this time of year, I still will throw like, what's this on once in a while, just cause it's so peppy and awesome. Mm-hmm. You know? oh, yeah, um, yeah. I did pull a little bit of one of my favorite songs in the movie. So let's give this a whirl. Better plan to catch this big red lobster man. Let's pop him in a boiling pot, and when he's done, we'll butter him up. Here at the Sandy Claws, throw him in that box. Bury him for 90 years, then see if he talks. How can you not love a song like that? It's like, it's like so childish and anarchic, but um, yeah, I think well, that's part of why I gravitated towards this when I was a kid. Well, I think didn't Elfman had said that this was like the most easy thing he'd ever written. He wrote all ten songs in like really sh- like record timing because he was just like I, I I I associated so much with Jack at the time and because he was leaving Oingo Boingo right and he's like yeah. yeah he just felt kind of a distant and alone so he just banged all these songs out which. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. all of them are so catchy. Like, they, I mean, it's just like, uh, I, yeah, it's just like second nature. They come on, like, you hear in the background, you're like, yep, I know what that fuck is. Like, just, yeah, yeah, such a good score. Incredibly awesome. iconic music. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely love that. And, that. and that's the thing, too. I think I, I am not, man, at all. I wanted to bring this up. I, like, I am not a musical fan, really. Like, I, I, I don't think movie musicals translate that well, especially live action. But when it's comes to animated I mean, this is easily my favorite musical. I think probably of any film ever, to be honest. Like, interesting as far as like as far as musicals, I think it is. I I I, I just I'm not. I don't consider like, uh, well, yeah. I mean, I guess it gets tricky what you consider musicals, but sure. as far as that, yeah. I, I just I like stage musicals. Fine, you know, that's what it is. But I just think a lot of the time it doesn't translate well to like a, a narrative feature. But yeah. for animated, great. I mean. It, 
Yeah. Love it. <laughs> so. I, I mean, you can compare it directly to Sweeney Todd, in my opinion. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I, and that's one live action I do like. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I liked Sweeney Todd. I, I haven't seen mm-hmm. it in a long time, but I liked it when it came out. I liked the cast. I thought the music yeah. was fine. Yeah, same. There's no denying, though, that it is a little awkward at times. You know, like, sure. it's it's just the artifice of, like, oh, now we're going to stop the scene to sing our feelings. It doesn't really work that well. Yeah. Um, See. See that's that that's my issue in general. I think with movie musicals, I think that the Les Mis musical that came out a few years ago is fucking atrocious. I don't like the Greatest Showman at all. Oh come on now, come on now. See, this is my thing. That that was my thing. I I remember reviewing that movie on binge views with Law, and it's just like, all right, the songs are catchy. They're decent songs. I can appreciate that. Hugh Jackman, but like, I, I I don't. I don't think that makes a good movie. Like, sure. I, right. So it's like, right. So that's kind of where I, yeah, I get it. They're the La La Land people. They made these catchy songs and the greatest showman. All right. We're getting, we're going on a tangent, but no, no, that's, that's all right. But yeah, 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 that's, I don't know. That That's kind of where I think this, it works very well in a animated movie musical, which, you know, that's such a huge part of Disney animated movies in general right. throughout the course of time is their musical elements and, you know, Moana and all of these mm-hmm. movies throughout. So, yeah, I, I get that, but this is like full. Yeah, you're right. There's not a lot of talky talky scenes in this 72 minutes when the, the credits hit movie. So yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. I, I think it, it also is another one of those things where, like, you know, when you're a teenager and you grow up watching Disney movies, and then you're like, "Oh, fuck Disney movies, man!" You start to like gravitate towards something like this because this is a cool movie. You know, this isn't a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. This is just a cool fucking movie. Like. No. I can get into this. It's about, like, it's kind of about death and fucking metal, dude. Oh, fuck yeah, <laughs> you know. So it's easy to get on yep. board with a flick like this. And again, like, that sort of anarchic streak in the movie. Yes, it's a Disney animated film. Yes, it's a movie musical. But it's about, like, ghouls and goblins, beasts, zombies, you know, uh, vampires, yeah. werewolves. And it has this pretty good... I would say decent message at the end of the movie, but it's not like the movie's hinging on that. You know, it's yeah, absolutely. It kind of mm-hmm. just like works on its own and, and is incredibly confident in its own style. Um, it's just a lot to like in that for me, but um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, so the character designs in this, I, so Tim Burton's aesthetic is in my opinion, kind of difficult to describe but it's sort of one of those, like, when you you see it, you know it kind of thing. Um, one of the hallmarks of his style is is having characters that have, like, these gigantic eyes with tiny sort of slits somewhere to indicate a pupil of some kind. Um, he does it in Batman with the parade floats. And then some of those character models feel like they've seeped their way into Nightmare Before Christmas and then informed, like, a lot of the the maquette designs and stuff. Um, yeah. But I really like that style. Um, I don't like it when later in his career, he makes Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or Alice in Wonderland, and he gets away from actually physically making those things and instead does them inside of a computer, and they look like shit. Mm, sure. It, yep. it, it's like a huge fucking problem I have with his work ever since Alice in Wonderland. Back here, you know, the Pee Wee days, the Beetlejuice days, Nightmare Before Christmas days, yes, maybe this is more Henry Selleck translating Burton's vision, but it, it 
the, the tactile nature of the animation of the film, I don't know, it, it adds something for me. I really, I really enjoy it just because it's, 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 you know, stop motion animation, there's something there that they're filming, right? They're not just kind of willy nilly doing it in a computer, so. Absolutely. Well, the, it's like one minute of screen time is one week or something like that. Wild. <laughs> it, it equates to, which that's why I, I just have such a respect for stop motion, man. It's like, it takes so much time to film this. Like I had a buddy who kind of fucked around with it in college a little bit hmm. and he has one little like seven second, really cool, uh, clip of this. Like, it's like these halo dudes jumping around, but it's hmm. like, it sent to this like techno score, but it took him, it took him so fucking like so many months to film this seven yeah. second clip. And it just, yeah, it's, it's yeah, crazy. a lot of work and it's, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, Do, so, to, so, so, all right. I, I don't mean to put you on the spot. No. I, I meant to text you this before because I was thinking about it and you sent me the Burton thing. Do you have like, can you do off uh, like a top five favorite character design or like characters in the movie that you like can oh, rattle yeah. off? Yeah, um, I can give you five. I'd, I, I'd have to think about it to make sure I'm not leaving anybody out, but the five off the top of my head. Um, mm-hmm. So first of all, Jack. I love the design of Jack Skellington. Oh, He's yeah. so fucking cool. Um, and maybe this is cheating, but I do also love that he's got the flaming pumpkin when we first see him on his head. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, different outfit when he emerges. And, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, I love the werewolf guy. Uh, yeah, he's- <laughs> I, he, he just looks cool. He has kind of a funny voice. Um, I don't know. Something about that's great. Oogie Boogie is amazing. Like, yep. such a cool Simple. character, awesome design, amazing execution on Oogie Boogie. It, originally, and with the opening scene, we get this, like, neon green version of him. It's a super, like, glow. I fucking yeah. love that. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then so later cool. on, you get this, like, burlap bag. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. Um, yep. I love Zero. I love the mm-hmm. way he looks. I love the way that he's filmed. Um it's just cool as shit. Okay, so again, we were out a couple weeks ago buying Halloween decorations, and we we're in another store, and they're, they've got a Nightmare Before Christmas decoration section. They're selling like life size zeros for sixty bucks. It's just mm-hmm. like holy shit, man! This is like one small piece of plastic and some white fabric. This is sixty dollars? What the <laughs> fuck, man? Um, so zero, and then one more. Um, I'm gonna go with Doctor Finkelstein right off the top. Uh, love the idea of a fucking mad scientist that just opens up his head, splits his brain in half, and gives the other half to his new, like, created clone. Uh, so cool. But, yeah. Do, do you have a... I'm assuming you, you gave this some thought? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you, Oogie's number one. I fucking love him. Uh, mm. Zero's number five on my list. Behemoth. Nice. I love Behemoth, though. He's the oh, yeah. he's the big dude in the overalls with the axe in his head. He, yep. He's just... Yep. He's a fucking just ridiculous goofball character but like <laughs> i think my favorite thing of his is like when jack's like going up to like fly out to, mm. to, to, to go to christmas and he's like doing this wave that's like one of those cats uh the, like the arm is just oh, like yeah, yeah, ridiculous yeah. it looks it's so goofy <laughs> uh uh lock shock and barrel are fucking classics yeah. i mean oogie's little little minions and then the mayor i think is super cool too his head just mm. like spinning is uh his his shocked version or his normal version super cool clever idea. yeah i really like and of course it's it's uh it's the guy from fucking uh beetlejuice so oh, i can't think of his name yeah uh, um glenn, glenn shaddix yeah glenn yeah. glenn yep yep yeah um I, there's a bunch of other designs too i mean the, the design of the vampires, I kind of always loved that. It's it's strange, but 
you know, having the little umbrellas and stuff. I thought that was cool. Um, the witches are cool. The monster under the bed is kind of cool. Like, I, everything yeah. is cool. I, I would love... God, maybe, you're giving me an idea now. Maybe maybe this is my new thing to collect. Collect every member of the Nightmare Before Christmas uh, characters, you know? Because um, I'm sure... It'd be, it would be smart if, like, Hallmark would make the fucking ornaments, right? Like, one every yeah. year. Here's the, here's Behemoth. Here's, you know, the mayor. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're, of course, Jack and Sally are not. You can find those fucking anywhere. They're ever yeah. all over the place. But yeah, um, you know, one one thing we didn't dive into too much is the uh, the voice talent in this movie. So mm-hmm. you mentioned the mayor's Glenn Shaddix from Beetlejuice. Um, you know, fucking Jack Skellington's uh, speaking voice is Chris Sarandon, who mm-hmm. you know, obviously he's uh, he's the bad guy in Princess Bride. He's in Dog Day Afternoon. This is a serious actor. Fright Night. Um, Fright Night, yeah, great. You know, Pee Wee Elfman and, uh, you know, Catherine O'Hara is Sally, but the, but Pee Wee Elfman and Catherine O'Hara are Lock, Shock, and Barrel. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Um, Dr. Finkelstein is the fucking grandpa from uh, Christmas, <laughs> Christmas Vacation, Vacation, whose name yeah, I always well, forget. But. William Hickey. Yeah, William Hickey, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, great, great voice acting. It all works. Uh, it all sounds appropriate and good and... Uh, yeah, big fan of all that. So. I always forget that Greg Proops from Whose Line is the fucking Harlequin demon as well, and, and he's the uh, he's the sax right. player. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, such it, there's there's a lot to like. I let me ask you this question before we start doing superlatives. So obviously there are a lot of movies that we've both seen um, over our lives. There's stuff that we watched when we were kids, and we've kind of moved on from, and we don't think to revisit very much. You know, good example of that is there was a time in my life where Aladdin was on repeat, and I haven't watched that in probably 28 years, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie, however, I watch it. It's like you said, I watch it one to two times every year. What do you think about this movie makes it so that it has that rewatch value for you? Great question. I think I think it, the fact that it's only like seventy two minutes when the credits roll is great. That helps. <laughs> it's so nice and short. It's just like it, it can be on in the background. I just know it so well. The songs are such a huge part of the, the score. I mean, there's a lot going for it with me, um, especially this time of year. But so that is, I, I did actually want to bring this up. So like, my brother who is four years older than me, I'm thirty four. He was thirty eight. He didn't. He didn't watch this ever really growing up because it it wasn't on at my house ever. I I watched like like I said at a friend's house, and then every year I would it would be on like I don't know ABC Family or something or wherever the fuck it would be on. I would watch it because um, my parents obviously were like, oh, these are like because I've talked about this before. My parents are pretty religious when I was a kid. Sure. So before before they got divorced, I was eight when they got divorced. So. But before that, there was like, oh, you can't have that movie in the house. There's fucking, you know, dead kids in it and skulls and all this shit. So he fucking hates this movie. My brother hates it. He saw it as an adult, and he's like, that movie fucking sucks. Like, what? I never understood what you like about that movie. So I think that is a good, like, barometer, maybe because we watched this and grew up with it. It's just second nature to me. But I I do know people that don't like this movie at all, and, and it's because they watched it as an adult or they never saw it as a kid, and they're like doesn't translate to me at all this movie's annoying it's it, whatever so yeah i don't know it, it, yeah, it's a weird kind of line to tell because yeah i, I there's a subsection of people that really really don't like this movie i think <laughs> but yeah. 
Yeah, I, I've I've heard that over the years too. People who are really against it. Um, mm-hmm. I I just think it, it hits a certain sweet spot for me. You know, when I was in elementary school and middle school, and you know, I, I would say even up through high school and to this day, I'm very much a nerd. You know, like I I, I kind of built my career around that. I mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very comfortable in that occupying that lane. You know, and when you're younger, it, it's it, I think it's. This movie is, I've kind of identified it with my growing up and thinking for myself to a certain degree. Because this was always the movie that was like, oh, you know, my my fucking dad, you know, he just, he buys us these movies and he wants us to watch like Home Alone. But nah, fuck that. I'm going to watch Nightmare Before Christmas because this is badass. And (laughs) it's like a funny (laughs) perspective to take when you're younger, but it's actually true. Like it's... I think that this movie speaks to people who are looking for something that's a little different than just, you know, a good guy defeats bad guy and saves the princess kind of thing. This this story isn't about that. This this story is about, like, somebody trying to figure out what their purpose is and, like, what their place is. And, I don't know, I think there's something to that that makes this a lot more special than you know, a lot of other animated Disney movies, but yeah, uh, I get, yeah, definitely agree with all those points for sure. Yeah. It's like, uh, I mean the whole thing of Halloween town, they're kind of fucking, you know, outcast misfits, misfit types anyway. So it's like, right. They're, they're the stepchild holiday and you've got the Easter bunny on the shit. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it. Um, so I do have one other clip that I think is worth playing now. Um, it's an interview with Tim Burton from Roger Ebert and, he talks a little bit about some of the influence on this movie. So let me give this a, a roll, and we'll see what happens. You know, of all the holidays we have in this country, uh, Halloween is certainly the most bizarre. All the others are about bunnies and Santas <laughs> and turkeys and firecrackers. And, and, but there's this one holiday, and it's the children. Probably after Christmas, it's the favorite holiday of the children. It involves death. It's just a funny thing, but see, that's the only, in our country, it seems like America is one of the few countries that doesn't acknowledge death. I mean, it's, I collect like these uh, Mexican Day of the Dead things, and in every, mostly every other culture, death is more accepted. It's much, it's part of life, I mean, and it's much more acknowledged in a way. And here it seems it's much more uh, swept under the carpet, so to speak. Interesting perspective, you know, talking about the fact that death is dealt with in a much more open and frank way in other cultures. And this is his, in a way, response and answer to, uh, to, to like the American way of, of looking at that. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting creative uh, avenue to go down, you could say. But. Yeah, but the, well, there is something to be said, though. I think Burton's talked about this a lot, even recently about this movie, I think, that he's like... A lot of the kids' entertainment today or animated movies are just really safe, right? And they're yeah. just like very cookie-cutter, okay, like you said, the good guy's going to win, something we can't be any any sort of challenging to our kids. And granted, I don't have kids. I'm not going to try to be like, oh, this sure. is what. But he, he's talked about, like, I think, you know, scaring your kids or showing them other type of things is a good uh you know, it's good to expose them to other type of things than just like, you know, the good guys are always uh, <laughs> at the forefront. And sure. So, yeah, I think this this definitely plays on that because it, it is it's a very weird animated type movie. And this is like, I mean, obviously the, very easily one of the earlier. I mean, this is probably the first 
stop motion, right? I mean, uh, that really was successful. That he I think so, yeah. Had to have been, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's, I, I agree with Burton on that, that um, it's not good to sort of serve people the same thing and expect them to crave something else all the time, you know? I mean, yeah. do McDonald's cheeseburgers taste good? Yeah. Um, would people eat them all the time if they just had unlimited access to them? Probably. Is that good for anybody? Fuck no. <laughs> yeah. Variety is the uh, spice of life. So um, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. <laughs> well, you just heard it now. So, all right, superlative time. Here we go. The Cupka. That's that dude. Scene stealer cameo. Um, I'll kick this off. Uh, for me, there were two choices, and then there was only one choice. I got to go with Ken Page as Oogie Boogie. It's fantastic. <laughs> I love everything about the character, the voice, the singing. It's awesome. Love it. Oogie's my fucking boy, Jack. God damn it. He, that, that's my pick as well. Scene stealer. It, it's, as soon as he comes on in that whole song, he's just ragging on Sandy, Sandy Claus. Yeah, he's my fucking boy. Love so me sick. <laughs> I lo- Dude, everything... Uh, I'm just going to take a second. Everything about Oogie Boogie is awesome. But the fact that he is thwarted by the fact... By, by thread being pulled from the seams of the burlap sacks that are holding together the mound <laughs> of insects that are oogie boogie is the coolest fucking thing i it's awesome it's awesome yeah have so, you so all right so on this topic while we're talking about it have you heard about uh Selick's original ending for this uh no so he originally wanted it to be at the end when the burlap sack rips off it's finkelstein underneath as Oogie Boogie, and he's the mastermind. Oh. But, like, I hate it, and Burton hated that, too. He's like, he came in and apparently he kicked a hole in a wall when he heard that <laughs> ending, and he, like, freaked out about it. He's like, no chance, because, I, yeah, I agree. That no no way. Like, That's terrible. <laughs> so, yeah, I, the, the, the ending they have at this is perfect. So, yeah, I, I'm glad yeah. they stuck with what they did. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, yep. here we go. We've got the valley. Well, fucking what it, the it, fuck? It, punchable face did you find anything for this finkelstein man i i've never he's my he's one of my least favorite characters he's just a fucking i mean sally's beating him up with one arm he's just mm. getting tricked by his creation drinking her poison like this guy's a clown get out of here finkelstein that's where i was at punchable face i went with that i don't know many clowns that can you know reanimate dead tissue but whatever <laughs> um so i'm gonna go with the cowardly face of the mayor uh for two reasons uh. <laughs> One, he looks like a fucking douchebag. And two, <laughs> if you punch the cowardly face, the happy face pops up. So everybody uh-huh. wins. So. I like it. I like that logic. Yeah, Good. Go. Didn't even think about that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, man. Tell me something about something I was reading about. Best quote. Now, a lot of great lines in a lot of the songs here. I went with a quote that I always forget I use in my own life. Uh, it's four words. It makes me chuckle when I hear it. But uh, after the initial opening of the movie, Jack Skellington's walking away, and one of the band players says, "Nice work, Bone Daddy." Gotta love that. Nice. I mean that 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 is also on my list of quotes. Uh, <laughs> it's usually what people. That's usually what uh, what females say to me then after I leave their bed. It is nice work, Bone Daddy. I'm just kidding. Uh, wow. Wow. You're welcome for that. Uh, it's going to be, I'm going to Oogie's line. He says, he's ancient, he's ugly. I don't know which is worse. 
I might just split a seam. If I don't die laughing first, just kind of so just, just proving how much he's in control of just this fucking clown Sandy Claus in front of him. <laughs> Man, you want to talk Daddy about is star. great. It's, Star performances, dude. Oogie Boogie's in this movie for what? Four minutes? Five minutes? He's no. the fucking man. Ah, love, love, love Oogie Boogie. How can you not? I know this is a hot take. All right, most entertaining scene. What do you have for this? Um, so I went with the just original opening. This is Halloween. Just introducing mm-hmm. us to the town because you're getting a view of all the characters, everything going on here in this town. I it just yeah. It as soon as I hear the song hit, it just I just feel comfortable. I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. this is my shit. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, it does such you? a good job bringing you into the story and the style, and yeah, it's great. Um, okay, so for me. I love that scene. I love the uh, sequence where all the the kids and the families are opening their presents on Christmas to find monsters and ghosts and shit. That's awesome. Um, But I really love what's this. Um, The energy of it, the pacing, the style. It's it's so cool. And it's sort of like if you were going to sell this movie to somebody i feel like that's the scene that you have to sell them on and it's the proof of concept it's like somebody who celebrates halloween all year round mistakenly finds a christmas town what happens you know um i love it i love that scene i think it's great so yep all right tm i mean wow what's held up the best and the worst um i have nothing for worst i think this movie is pretty timeless. Um, but for best, I have to go with the animation. It, it's, it's, it's amazing. I still am in awe of this movie when I watch it. I think it's phenomenal. I totally agree with that. It, 4k is just fucking incredible. It looks so good. And yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, I went with the fact of, I said earlier, the fact that this is an animated musical, 72 minute runtime. It's fucking perfect. It, there's not, really one second of wasted frame i don't think it's just mm. like to the point done done like wrapped perfect love it so i love the 72 minute but when the credits it's 76 minutes technically with the credits but okay as soon as that hits so that's where i was at per- i don't have anything worse either yeah yeah you're not gonna get me to talk shit about this movie <laughs> <laughs> all right pete mc best use of music so okay just gonna put this aside we both love the music in this movie so your one choice what's the one thing you gotta go with on this i went with the kidnap the sandy claws i fucking love that song man it's so fucking good i i used to play in our theater like playlist in the lobby all the time during the halloween season oh nice that's the that's the song i love that song lock shock yeah yeah excellent um yeah, there's too many good songs, but if I gun to my head, dude, the Oogie Boogie song is just awesome. It's mm-hmm. a different style to the other music in the movie. Um, it informs a lot of character. It has some of the best animation in the movie, too. It's just, it's great, but love the Oogie Boogie song. Great um, song. Great all song. right, the PJ. Dynamite <laughs> drop in, Monty. So this is the casting swap. Now... You know, obviously we're, we're going for voices here. So I was trying to think of either distinct voices or voices that you would recognize but maybe not draw too much attention to themselves. Um, my first thought was, how do I get Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie? But then I said, eh, maybe not. Um, but I, you know what? It's a real easy swap. Um, I don't 
necessarily dislike the mayor's voice, but if I was going to swap somebody out here, man, I think that's just a prime Michael Keaton part waiting to happen. And I'm, I'm, I'm like surprised that he's not in this at all. Must be, must have been a time commitment or something, but uh, man, that, that would just, uh, that would make this movie even better for me if that was Michael Keaton. Okay. Uh, I, I like Glenn Shaddix, but I can see it. I love me some Keaton. Uh, I went with... So originally, Vincent Price was supposed to be the narrator at the beginning of this movie. Hmm. Instead of Edward Ivory, who ends up being Sandy Claus. Uh, and that's what I went with. I, I I couldn't replace any of the voices cast, but if, if Vincent Price was the narrator of this movie, it would even bump it up just a little bit more. I think it would be pretty sweet. He's... You know, classic horror actor, and yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, that's what um, I did. Pretty interesting. I think the original. So, so the Vincent Price thing for Santa Claus is pretty well documented. I think the original voice for the narrator was actually Patrick Stewart, and that, that's what they use on the soundtrack for the movie. Um, but I don't know why he would have been changed. Uh, actually, never, never even bothered looking that up. What a shitty host I am. God damn it. Uh, maybe next time. But What do you end uh, up? Yeah. All right. Uh, last one. Extra credit. If you were going to swap somebody in this movie out with a binge staffer, who would it be? Did you have anybody for this? I did just because uh, it, it's falling in the horror section. I need a sass in claymation form. He would just be a part of Halloween oh, Town, right? He would He would just be one of the fucking ghoul characters scaring people. So that's that's where I went. What about you? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, I went in a different direction. It's technically not a bench staffer these days, but a staffer from yesteryear. Um, <laughs> you got to get GC in this movie, right? I mean, you got to do it. And Isn't I don't he the mayor know, already? Well, <laughs> I, you know, I, it just makes me laugh if he's Dr. Finkelstein's assistant Igor, so I'm going to go with that. Uh, he could just verp all over the place and, you know, drag the plans out for, for the fucking doctor. Uh, it just it makes me laugh. I don't know. There's no re- no other reason. Just, I'd be lying to say I didn't think about GC as an animation <laughs> burn yeah. character, but you fucking gotta. I mean, but can, he went with just, current Ben Stafford, so uh, yeah. Right, right. I mean, can you just imagine like that fucking guy <laughs> just at the town hall scene, just verping in the background? I mean, it's, oh, it's fantastic. I, I I see it in my dreams every night. So <laughs> I don't want to hear about your fucking jerk off material. Okay, Jesus. I did. All right. Okay. All right. Um. All right, man. I mean, we, we kind of talked this through. I think it's time to give some letter grades on this. Um, so I will let you set the table here. What, what do you give Nightmare Before Christmas? I think I'm giving my first in the history of this show since January. A plus. I love this movie. It's God yeah. damn. You can't give me. I, 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 yeah. I've, I watch it multiple times every year. It's just a staple. It's just there. I mean, I, yeah, it, it's hard for me to talk shit on this. I can't. So that's where I'm at. What about you? Oh, man. Well, uh, it, it, how do I not go A+. plus? This is an A-plus movie. I mean, I think it was pretty obvious halfway through the show. It, this has been a staple in my life for as long as I can remember. Um, I love everything about it uh, for all the reasons that you said and some of the ones that I did. Um, yep. It's a great movie. I don't see it aging ever. I think it is maybe the best gateway horror movie you can show a kid. And if they For really sure. like some of the elements of this movie, then you can start pushing them in a you know in a direction of like, hey, maybe we try the gate, maybe we try the monster squad, you know, kind of just like ease them into it, sort of thing. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
yeah, I, I, I love this movie. I, I've loved it before it was cool. So, um, yeah, it, it, this is a classic. This is a bona fide classic. I, I will hear no arguments on the contrary. So, <laughs> Right. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I was a little nervous. I was like, is Jack setting me up here? Am I just going to, like, love this movie? And he's going to be like, this movie sucks. <laughs> so, glad we're on the same page. So. Yeah. It's always good. All right. Well, you know, we've been on the same page for a couple of weeks now, so I think we need something that's a little bit outside the box, and maybe we'll elicit a different response. Um, in the spirit of that and in the spirit of a current theatrical release, Chad, why don't you tell the good people what we're planning for next time? That's right. So we've been talking about this for months, pretty much since we relaunched this podcast. Hmm. I think both your and I's favorite, one of our favorite directors is Martin Scorsese, and we want to cover his shorts. He has... These five shorts that are they're on the Criterion Channel collection together. They're very famous. These are all right. I'm going to list them off so people are aware. It's what's a nice girl like you doing in a place like this? It's not just you, Pama Murray, the Big Shave, American Boy, and Italian American. Um, I think all of these combined are less than two hours. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think you can easily or right at two hours, a little over two hours. So yeah, yeah, they're pretty much everywhere. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to talk about these because I've I've only seen one of these five. So, me too. So we'll uh, we'll have to see which one that is next time. But. All right, do it. All right, uh, yeah. Um, binge movie homework at gmail is the email. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Patreon to stay abreast of things that are happening. Uh, make sure you're subscribed on Patreon for the five bucks a month to get the additional commentaries and shows and shenanigans. You've got Spelloween coming out. They've got uh, something special in line for Christmas, and uh, yeah, there's some other stuff on the horizon as well. So, all right, Chad, you got anything else for the people? Got nothing. Got nothing. All right, I'm saying peace. Hey. Thank you for listening to Movie Homework, a Binge Media production. Follow the Binge Media Podcast Network at bingemedia.com, patreon.com/slash/bingemedia, or wherever you get podcasts. Got a movie suggestion? An award suggestion? Send us an email at bingemoviehomework at gmail.com. Bingemovie.